Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Kohler Uncut, the podcast that won't leave you in the dark. This podcast is dedicated to the fascinating and vast topic of energy. Today, we are talking about scope one, two, and three emissions. It is such a vast and important topic that we broke this episode into two parts so that we could really take the time to clarify some confusing terms that we often hear around sustainability, such as net zero and carbon neutral, which can sometimes be misleading or result in greenwashing. Today's conversation brings together pretty much everything we've discussed in previous episodes. Things like diversifying energy sources, the energy crisis, environmental impact initiatives like conscious care, engine optimization, and life cycle analysis. By unpacking the different scopes of carbon emissions, we can understand where all these different strategies and actions fit into the big picture. So with that, let me introduce our guests. We have Louis Liu, who's a project engineer in sustainability, and Nicole Dirksidey, director of Kohler's generator categories for 600 kilowatts and above. Welcome to the podcast, Lewis and Nicole. Happy to be here, Kayla. Always fun to be here, Kayla. Great. Well, let's get into it. Now, before we get into the nuances between scope one, two, and three, maybe we could take a step back and remind our listeners what these scopes are all about. So, Lewis, when we talk about scopes of carbon emissions, what exactly are we measuring? That's a great question to get us started. Um, when we talk about carbon emission, we are not just talking about carbon, actually. We are talking about the bigger group of greenhouse gases, that, including, of course, the carbon dioxide that we are all very familiar with, uh, but also include methane, nitrous oxide, fluorinated gases, uh, which is a kind of synthetic chemicals that uh, are emitted from a variety of household or commercial industrial applications. They make up a different percentage of the weight, and they all have different global warming potential. Uh, specifically, carbon dioxide can last for thousands of years uh, after being emitted. So that's why you are hearing uh, a lot of the decarbonization is uh, kind of centering around uh, CO2. But when we're talking about the greenhouse gases, it's really cover many other uh, type of uh, gases as well. Okay, great. So in these scopes, one, two, and three, we're measuring uh, these greenhouse gases. Could you tell us about uh, sort of the organization that created these scopes and maybe their goal? Uh, why did they make them anyway? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when we talk about the carbon accounting exercise, uh, we really need to trace back to one organization called Greenhouse Gas Protocol. It is an organization that uh, convened by the World Resource Institute, as well as the World Business Council for Sustainable Development that work with businesses, nonprofit organization, uh, as well as government uh, and others to really create a tool set, standard and framework to help making sure that uh, business are accounting for their carbon footprint in a consistent uh, manner. So uh, they're creating a global standard to help a business to manage their greenhouse gas emissions, regardless you are private or public sectors, uh, and making sure it include beyond just your own operation, but also cover your value chains as well. Okay, great. So we've got the global standard covered in these scopes. Let's dive into it. What is covered in scope one? 
the scope one is more direct uh, to your business operation. It's all the fuel you burn within uh, your facility. So it's the direct emission that come out from the company vehicle that you own or the equipment that you have within your facility. Let's say if you have a manufacturing facility that have industrial oven that burns natural gas, or if you're using a generator for your data center, all those fuels that are being used uh, and combusted on site as well as uh, the vehicle that you operate uh, are scope one direct emissions. Okay, so then if scope one is your direct emissions, does that mean scope two is indirect emissions? What's, uh, what's scope two? That's right. Scope two is indirect emission, but it is specific to the type of emission coming from the utility that you purchase. So we're talking about the electricity that you buy, the heating, cooling, and the steam that you purchase from the utilities. Because when they are generating these resources, they need to oftentimes burn fossil fuels. So there's a large amount of greenhouse gas emission associated with those activities. Um, so scope two include all the indirect emission that is uh, purchased by your business. Okay, great. So it sounds like scope one and two are pretty straightforward. Uh, let's talk about the most complicated scope now, which is scope three. Uh, Lewis, what falls into scope three emissions? Scope three, uh, as Kayla, you indicated, is very broad, uh, massive, because it covers all the indirect emissions that is beyond scope two. And that's covered the entire upstream and downstream of your business value chains that uh, can be breaking down into 15 different categories uh, that are defined by the greenhouse gas protocol. And a couple examples can include uh, the upstream purchase goods and services, the capital you purchase, the fuel and energy-related activity that is not including scope one and two, the transportation, distribution of the materials, the employee commute, business travel, all of these are upstream uh, before the materials get to your facility. And the downstream uh, of the emission associated with scope three, including the transportation and distribution of your product, the processing and use of the product that are being sold, as well as once it reaches the end of life. Scope three, it's really the biggest portion of uh, any business uh greenhouse gas emission and usually account for 70% or more total greenhouse gas emission a business is responsible for. So um, there are a lot of information. I do want to give you an example to uh, tie these together to paint the picture. So let's say you are a restaurant owner. Let's say you own a sushi restaurant. Your scope one emissions include all the emissions from maybe the vehicles your business own and the gas are being used uh, for the kitchen in the cooking. Right. Your scope two emissions is primarily the electricity that you purchase uh, from a local utility company. Now, scope three will include all the upstream emission that went into growing the raw ingredients like the fish, the vegetables, the rice, um, and processing of your produce, distributing them and transporting them across the ocean, the land, uh, all the way get it to uh, your restaurant and also including your employees commuting to work. Now that everything have arrived at your facility and you packed up uh, an online order to be delivered to the end customer, the downstream of your business, the transportation from the DoorDash or Uber Eats delivery, the energy that goes into the microwave heating up that miso soup, uh, and the end-of-life treatment of the trash being picked up by the waste management and landfill, 
all accounted for the downstream of the scope three emissions of your business. So it is really a broad sense of all the emission that is beyond your direct operation related to the product and service you provide. So why are we talking about all the different scopes? It's because it creates a framework to help business to understand what are different uh, level of carbon footprint they are responsible for. And it emphasizes that uh, they need to really address it beyond just uh, what's fall within the four sides of walls of its operation, but also needed throughout its entire value chain as well. And therefore, the actions need to decarbonize uh, coming from the lenses of a product or service lifecycle. Lewis, um, thank you for that great explanation. Uh, scope one, scope two, and scope three. Uh, definitely scope three becomes right, a little more complex, more complicated. Uh, can you also comment as we look, especially as businesses, right? And we're trying to measure our scope one, scope two, scope three. And sometimes like our customers or other businesses also measuring scope one, scope two, scope three. And can you kind of explain like what might be a scope three for us can become a scope one for someone else? Yeah, that's a great question. So Nicole pointed out a very important exercise we need to do before really diving into a business different scope is to setting that boundaries, right? Because the same type of product can means differently to the manufacturer of the product uh, as well as the user of the product. Let's take the generator as an example. When our customers are using our generator, the burning of the fossil fuel may be attributed to their direct operation if they own the facility. If you think about the data center, uh, the co-location operators, when they are burning the fossil fuel using the generator, that's their direct emission. However, it is the indirect emission of the manufacturer of a generator. So for Cola Power System, for example, it is our responsibility to educate our clients, understanding how frequent do they actually need to run on the generator uh, and how much fuel uh, do they need to use? Are there alternative solutions can they look into? Uh, which is why that we are rolling out some of the program like uh, promoting the hydro-treated vegetable oil, HVO, uh, as well as finding alternative solutions, looking into hydrogen solution, uh, looking into conscious care, to encourage the reduce of unnecessary uh, burning of the fossil fuel. Well, Lewis, I'm glad that you brought those up, actually, because we had entire episodes dedicated to some of those things. And I would love to hear, you know, so how do you situate uh, some of these initiatives into the different scopes? Uh, so let's, you know, you mentioned HVO and hydrogen. What scope does that fall under? That's a great question. As mentioned before, we need to understand who are we talking about. So if you are the end user who are uh, consuming these type of fuel, the HVO or hydrogen, in order to power your facility on site, those fall under your direct emission. So we talk about scope one emissions. However, if you are buying electricity from a utility company that run on HVO fuel or running on hydrogen, then you can reduce your scope two emissions because they are associated with the, uh, the utility you are purchasing. However, if you're talking to um, alternative fuel producers who make these HVO and hydrogen, the use of their products will fall under their downstream scope three emissions. Okay. And then one more question just on this topic while we're here, uh, which is the program Conscious Care that um, we had a whole episode on. Um, so Kohler's program, where does that fall in the scopes? The Conscious Care maintenance program, it's really about 
helping the customers to reduce unnecessary runtime of their generators as well as its emissions. So if you own the equipment, participating in conscious care can help reduce your direct scope one emissions because it reduces the runtime and the loaded cycles that you operate. If you're a cloud service provider, for example, that you are leasing data centers from co-location operators, which in, in this case, you don't really own the equipment and facility, reducing co-location's scope one emissions by participating in conscious care can attribute a reduction of cloud service providers' scope three emissions because they fall under your upstream lease assets of the greenhouse gas. I hope you enjoyed part one of this two-part episode. Stay tuned for the second half with Lewis and Nicole, where we will talk about carbon accounting and how to categorize emissions within the different scopes.